Hi, ladies. Hopefully you have enjoyed part one and part two of this three-part series on what the Bible says about money as a Christian couple, where we have learned that God has a completely different way of doing things when it comes to our money than what the world would tell us to do. And we've learned that believers can truly trust in God for their finances that we are to seek God first. We've learned what tithes and offerings are and that we don't need to worry because God is going to supply all of our needs. But manna doesn't fall from heaven like it did in the book of Exodus and money doesn't grow on trees. So that money that we need to live on, where does it come from? What is our responsibility in this? in providing for our families, and where does that responsibility end, and where does faith begin? Lastly, what does all of this look like in our Christian marriages? Well, ladies, we're going to take a look at all of this today. So as I've said before, settle in, get your pens ready to take some notes, and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out Podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies. Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. So we are in our third and final part of our series of what the Bible says about money. And if you haven't listened to the first two yet, um, the last two episodes that I've done, then I recommend that you go back and listen to them now. That is going to give you the basis for what it is that we're going to be talking about today so that you understand a little bit better what that is. And so I just highly recommend that you go back and listen to that and then come back here and listen to what we're going to talk about today. So far, we've learned that God's way of handling finances is very different from what society would tell us. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. So God tells us that if we trust in him, if we give a portion back to him, that he will pour out blessings that we will not even have enough room for. And we now know that the tithes that he is referring to in this verse is a tenth of our income and that we give that tithe to the church. 
And we're also called to give an offering that is over and above our tithe to those that are in need. But yet, in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, we're also told, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So in this verse, we find that if we seek God first, if we follow his will and his instructions for our lives, then we don't need to worry about any of our needs because he's going to give them to us. So then what is our responsibility in providing for ourselves or providing for our family? Years ago, my husband had a friend that he actually roomed with and they rented a house together and he lost his job for some reason and he needed to find a new job. And he was telling everybody, I'm praying and God's going to provide a job for me. And we're all like, great, that's wonderful. We're praying with you. But he sat at home in front of the TV and wasn't really out pursuing that and looking for a job. But then he would tell all of us, God's going to provide me a job. It's like, well, dude, God's not going to come knock on your door and say, here, come here, I have a job for you. Like he needed to be out pursuing that and actively looking for a job and seeing what doors God had open for him to provide a job for him. So we do have a part that we play in providing for our families. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12, we are told, if you don't work, you don't eat. It says this, for when we were with you, we commanded you that if you, that if any will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some among you who live in idleness, mere busybodies, not working at all. Now, concerning those who are such, we command and exhort by the Lord Jesus Christ that they quietly work and eat their own bread. So at that time, what was happening is that you know, the church had this idea that since the Lord was coming soon, and it was just some people that were in the church, had this idea that because the Lord was coming back soon, they could skip out on their responsibilities. Why go to work? Why plan for the future? Because God's coming back any day. So let's just hang out and just wait for him to come back. The problem is they had all this idle time on their hands. And so they started getting their nose into other people's businesses and becoming busybodies and gossips. And they were also becoming an unnecessary burden on the church because they weren't taking care of themselves. They were having the church take care of them. If at all possible, we are not to depend on others to provide for us or on the government to meet our needs. At least one person in the family is to be gainfully employed and providing for your own family. This can either be you or your husband or both of you, depending on what your family dynamic is and what your needs are. There is much debate about whether a woman should work or stay home, whether she should stay home with the kids, whether she should homeschool or not. So let's look at Proverbs 31 and see what she has, because to be honest, she both works and she takes care of her household. So the verses that talk about her working is Proverbs 31, 13, where it says, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. 
And then in verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. In 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. So she has areas here where she is working, where she has merchant things that she is selling. She has planted a vineyard, all of these things. And so she is making money and earning an income with this. And then on the family side, in verse 15, it says, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. And then in 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So she balances it out in taking care of her family and then also providing an income. And as women, we're able to do the same in our lives now. There's no reason why we can't if that's what it is that we want to do. Probably more so now than ever before because there are so many companies that allow you to work from home, which is such a great thing to be able to do when you have little ones at home. Or there's also a lot of opportunities to have home-based businesses nowadays. Also know too that we go through seasons of our life and with those seasons, then also sometimes our needs for income or child rearing or those kinds of things, they tend to change with our seasons as well. When my husband and I were first married, we both worked. As a matter of fact, I worked um, until after my two of my kids were born. When the third one was coming, we had decided that it was time for me to stay home. And then over the years, there have been times where I didn't have any income at all. And I just, you know, watched my kids and took care of my household and nurtured them in the way that they needed it. And there were times that I had my own business for a little bit extra cash. My husband and I started our own business together. And in that, there were times that I worked from home. There were times that I worked from an office. So there's always been these, you know, different variations over the years and some of you know that the last four years, I've worked two jobs at a time because that's just what our family needed at the time. I needed to go out and to earn an income while I was still trying to work in our own business. Fortunately, the Lord has led us that I could quit that second job and just work for our own business again, which has been a huge blessing. But you know, I just want you to know and understand that it matters what your family needs, not what society says, not what your friends say if you're you know, not doing the things the way they think it should be done. We can see by the Proverbs 31 woman that either can be done. You can stay at home, you can work, you can do both. Whatever it is that meets your family's needs, that's what matters. Not what the world thinks, not that you're trying to please somebody else. I know that there's a lot of pressure out there sometimes from society. And so I'm just hoping that this will maybe relieve some of that. As long as you and your husband are in communication, that you are in sync, you're both on the same page for what it is that you're going to be doing. That's what matters. So then we also have a responsibility that we are serving God and not our finances. And some of this is going to kind of help us to be able to see what is the right thing for us and for our family. So in Matthew 6, 24, it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 
So we must make a choice as to who or what we're going to serve. What is going to be our priority? Is it going to be the Lord or is it going to be our income? We can test ourselves in this in that when it comes to making decisions, what do we focus on? What what sways our decisions one way or the other? Do we make decisions based on biblical principles or do we make them based on how it's going to affect our income? For instance, there are times when working overtime or working two jobs may be necessary for a time, but there's a difference between necessary and then working those longer hours just so that we can have a certain lifestyle to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, or to depend on yourself to be comfortable in this life and not to depend on God to provide for you. God's precepts, his way of handling our finances, however it is that he has called you to serve him and to worship him, must come first in your decision-making. Attending church services, making time to study God's word, tithing and being generous to others, taking care of the physical and nurturing needs of your family. These are all the factors that come into play as we make decisions regarding what kind of job we're going to have, what kind of job our husband is going to have, whether as a mom, if we're going to stay home with the kids or if we're going to work outside the home. If you and your husband are spending so much time earning a living that you don't have time to spend with God to serve him in some way, then most likely God is not the priority. Serving money is, and you need to really take a look at that and pray over that and ask God to speak to your heart and what it is that you may need to change. We've talked about the fact that it can be so difficult in trusting God with our finances and putting him first to take that leap of faith, to trust that he really will provide for us when we need him. Recently, my husband and I found ourselves trusting in my paycheck to be comfortable rather than trusting in God. And we took a leap of faith when I quit my job. If you want to know all about it, go listen to episode 10. It's entitled A Leap of Faith. It was a bit scary, but we did it. And it will give you all the inside information about how that came to be. So then where does our responsibility end? And where does our faith begin? Well, we are responsible to put God first and to follow his precepts. We know that we've talked about that. And then we're also responsible to work and do all that we can each day to provide for our families. This is never more real than to those people who have a commissioned-based salary or have their own business. You people know exactly what I'm talking about because in these cases, your workload directly affects your income. And it can be very easy to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, to worry and to work harder and longer hours to make sure that we have enough business, that we sell enough products to provide for our families. And we feel that it's all dependent on us. But it's not. It's not all dependent on us. As we have learned in the first two parts of this series, in that if we seek God first, if we are willing to follow his precepts and to trust him with our finances, 
He will provide our needs. He'll provide the funds that we need. He'll provide the jobs that we need. He'll provide the sales that we need in order to be able to take care of our families. And this is where our responsibility ends and faith begins. And that we do our best job every day, whether it is a commissioned business, your own business, or you're working for someone else. But you do your best. You do your work unto the Lord every day and you do your best. And when it's over, then you rest. You rest in the fact that you have done what God has called you to do and he is faithful and he will take care of you. I can tell you that in quitting my job and in trusting God to provide, I have never felt more blessed in my entire life. And it's blessings of being able to spend more time with my husband, spending time with my family, being able to work during the day in a job that's helping my family, not necessarily another company, which I mean, we need to do that too at times. But for me in this, it's knowing that I am helping to take some of the stress off of my husband and what he's trying to do in providing for our family so that he can rest and trust in the Lord as well, just a little bit easier. So then what does all of this that we have learned over these last three episodes, what does all of this look like in our marriage? Well, the first point that I would want to make is that you're in this together. So those of you that are familiar with the Facebook group community that I have, the Faith Lived Out community on Facebook, You may have read this post and it's from a friend of mine and her and her husband are starting a new business and they've done businesses and stuff before in the past. But the thing that really caught me, caught my eye and touched my heart in this was her attitude in that she said, with our business, no matter what happens, whether God decides to bless it and it flourishes and grows and does all the things that we hope that it will do or whether he decides to close the door on it and say, nope, you're going to go in a different direction. No matter what happens with the business, she said her and her husband are in it together. They're doing it together. No matter what the outcome is, they're doing it together. And that is so important and such a great attitude to have when we're looking at our finances, when we're looking at providing for our family in that the husband and wife be one and do it together. Remembering Genesis 2.24 that says, therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they will become one flesh. And so together you are to do this with your husband working on this as one. So the first point would be to choose who's best for the task. There isn't always that, you know, man, just because he's the head of the household, he has to take care of paying the bills. In my family, I've pretty much always taken care of paying the bills because that's just kind of my thing. And that's what I do. And I'm organized in that way. So choose the person that is best suited to do the job in your family. And then another good idea is to decide on an amount for any large purchases that you're going to discuss with each other before making the purchase. 
Doesn't matter what the amount is. It's just between you and your husband and what you're comfortable with. But before you're going to go out and make that big purchase, just kind of decide an amount. Hey, if it's more than this, we should discuss it first before we spend that money, just so that you're both on the same page and that you're working at this together. And then another idea is joint accounts or separate accounts. And and I've had a few conversations with people about this over the years. And funny thing is that I've always thought that separate accounts were just, I don't know, they're just kind of weird and unloving and like maybe you weren't trusting your spouse or something. And so my husband and I have always had a joint account together until a couple years ago. And he decided, you know what? I'm doing this other consulting and they're paying me. I've opened up my account and I'm having the funds go in there so that I have my own funds. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's how we're going to do that now. And it's worked out beautifully. It's not anything like what I thought that it would be because, you know, he has his funds and he can go and spend and do, and I have mine and I know what bills that I need to pay out of my funds. And he has certain bills that he pays out of his funds. And then with what we have left over, we can kind of, you know, do what we want to do and little things here and there, maybe even do little things for each other here and there without having to worry that the, you know, my spouse is going to find out about it. But then the other thing is in that, if you have separate accounts to, Make sure it's not my money and his money and holding on to my money and making sure you spend his money. You know, like when you go somewhere, it's not, oh, I'm not buying that with my money. You're going to have to buy it with your money, you know, because that's, that's not the way that you want it to be. You don't want it to be so separate in that way. But, you know, like we have talked about in the past of putting each other first And, you know, if they need some help, and this is what my husband and I do, if I'm a little bit short and he needs to help me, then he helps me. And if he's a little bit short and I need to help him, then I help him depending on what it is that we're doing and what we're working on together. So if you have separate accounts, just kind of make sure that you're not holding onto it kind of begrudgingly and not sharing it with your husband. And then another important lesson with this is to respect your husband and be submissive in this area. Respect his decision-making when it comes to your finances and be submissive in his request for how much you spend. If he's given you some kind of a budget, do your best to stay within it. Ephesians 5.33 says, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That is one of the most important things that your husband needs from you is your respect. But yet this is one of the areas that a lot of wives do not respect their husbands in. And we hear about it. We even joke about it because we tend to buy things and then not tell our husbands about them. We buy them in secret. And we may buy it and we'll sneak it in and we'll put it in the closet. And then when we wear it and he sees it and he goes, oh, is that something new? Oh, no, it was just in my closet. That's lying, ladies. That's keeping it from him. That's keeping that secret from him. And that's not being one with your husband or respecting him. Another way that we do this is we will have the items shipped to our office so that he doesn't see all the packages come to the door. Now, how many of us are guilty of that? 
So that's just another area, ladies, where we need to be respectful and to be submissive to our husbands and to not be purchasing these things behind their back when they don't know. And I know, I know it can be really difficult because, you know, we're going through the store and we see that perfect pair of shoes or that beautiful purse and we think, oh, I just have to have it. I just really need that one item. But if you, if it's an item or a purchase that your husband is not going to be a fan of, that he's really not going to approve, then don't do it. Walk away because that material item isn't worth going against your husband, which therefore you're going against God. That material item is going to disappear before long and your relationship with your husband, with the Lord goes on forever. And it's not worth damaging that relationship just to have that material possession for a short time. You will also find that as you honor God and you honor your husband in this, that you will receive a blessing that is far more joyful than any purse or any beautiful pair of shoes would ever give you. I hope this series has helped you in some way. I know that we have gone over a lot of information. And if you have any questions or comments, you're welcome to come to the Faith Lived Out Community Facebook group. There is a link in the show notes for you to be able to go directly there. Or if you have some encouraging information and helpful tips that would help some of the other ladies in the group, then please feel free to share them. Anything, you know, that you want to be able to share that's going to be helpful in that area, you can do so. It doesn't have to be me posting all the time, but you ladies are also welcome to post and to put information in there to encourage one another, ask for prayer, to ask questions, however it is that you want to do that. I do hope that this series has blessed you. And if it has, if you could maybe leave a review, that would be so wonderful. It's so encouraging to me to know that the Lord is using this podcast, that he's reaching ladies, that they are learning about him, that they're learning to trust in him. And if that has happened for you, if you could leave a review, that would absolutely be wonderful. Before you go, I just want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, Oh Lord, your word is so precious to us because it gives us your promises. It tells us that you will care for us, that you will provide for our needs, that we can trust in you. It tells us how to take care of our finances, to put you first, to not serve money, but to serve you, to be respectful and submissive to our husbands with our finances, to work together on them as a couple, as one flesh. Lord, there are just so many things in your word that guide us and direct us if we will just read it and listen and know. Lord, I thank you so much for that. I ask that you would be with each and every one of these ladies, that you would help them to trust in you, that you would help them to put you first and to take care of their finances in the way that you have called them to do and not in the way that the world does. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your love and your care for us. 
In your precious name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.